Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Stuff We Love Podcast. I'm Jack. I'm Scott. And it's my first episode back in a while. I have not been able to record for a little bit, but I'm really excited to be with you guys tonight. We're going to be talking about... um, the new Marvel show Loki, in addition to Scott and I both have some upcoming trips to the parks. So we're going to be talking about that. And as always, we're going to finish with our very popular Stuff We Love segment. Um, but Scott, I'll, I'll toss it over to you to start. Yeah, well, Jack, I just want to begin by saying welcome back. It's been a little while since you were here on the podcast. And uh, tell our listeners what you've been up to, because I know you were busy. Last time you were on, I guess you were finishing up college for the for the year. And now uh, we're beginning summer. Uh, just Give our listeners a little bit of summary of what you've been up to. Sure thing. So yeah, I'm a rising. So I finished my sophomore year at college. So I'm going to be a rising junior. Mm-hmm. So this summer I'm trying to get some, a little bit more work experience. So doing some, you know, some internships, doing some part-time work, trying to make some money and uh, just been very busy, but also taking some classes this summer. But um, now that things are opening and things are reopening, I'm excited for uh, the summer. I'm excited for next semester at school. I'm hopefully going to be able to go abroad next spring in London. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm excited also to be back on the show. I've been uh, listening to episodes, but it's not quite the same. Miss being on them. So excited to be here with you guys talking tonight. When a new episode of the podcast is released, does college basically shut down while everyone listens for the next 40 minutes or so and then emerge from their dorm rooms? Absolutely. It's it's certainly an event when the Stuff of the Podcast puts up a new episode and uh, campus is quiet. Campus is very quiet I, I figured. when those episodes come out, without a doubt. It's like there was always this rumor, even though I don't think it's necessarily true, that when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show for the first time, the crime rate went down. <laughs> really? So just like when the, the for that hour? episode of the podcast comes out, things quiet down. For that, for those 47 minutes, it's it's a quiet, quiet day on campus. Let me ask you a question, though, because uh, when I was in college, we didn't have there was no Apple TV, no Roku, no streaming services, really. I don't I. Yeah, I don't think any streaming service was around except for sports packages. For example, you could subscribe to the baseball package and watch games over your computer, that type of thing. Now, when you're at college and you're on campus and let's say a new episode of a popular Disney Plus show comes out like WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier, do the fans immediately watch it? So that by, let's say, Friday night, it's been watched or and does everybody talk about it right away? How does that work in sort of 21st century college life? People definitely watch it like it, when it comes out. So if mm-hmm. like it's if Wanda's releasing every Friday night, like people watch it Friday night and by, you know, Saturday or Sunday, people are talking about the show. People also even even in the midst of COVID, like when people had a certain kind of set bubble, you know, they'd watch it together. Um, you know, they'd they'd, ha- they'd come over and watch the show together. So. It was very common and people pretty much watched the show by the next weekend or a couple of days after. What about when something like on Netflix comes out where they release every episode at once? Is there some big binge watching going on for a weekend where people just stay in and eat food and watch the show? I haven't I haven't seen like a big group binge, but but there's certainly like I know myself, I'll binge and watch a show. But it's the same thing. Like people will certainly watch shows really quickly. Like I'd say um, streaming services are pretty much commonplace in every yeah. dorm room like especially with smart tvs nowadays it's like you walk into a dorm room and there's every single uh you know streaming service on that person's television and all between like the couple roommates almost everyone will have an account with something right so it's like hulu netflix whatever you want they have it on the tv so it's pretty common like there's almost no cable i think 
my roommates last year had cable and I think they were probably the only two kids I knew on campus who had cable. Right. So it's, right. it's, it's definitely streaming. The, uh, do, do people have in their dorm rooms, big screen TVs? Like do you see any 50 inches or 55 inches or, or is it usually smaller? My roommates this past semester. Cause I, I was off campus with two, two kids who are seniors. They had a really nice TV just because mm-hmm. I guess they decided to, to save up for it. So they had a big TV. I don't know if it was quite 55 inches, but it was pretty big. Right. But for most other kids, especially because the rooms are so small, the TVs are pretty small. But, um, you know, nowadays, those, like you can get a nice smart TV that's pretty big for such yes. a lo- crazy low amount of money. Absolutely. I, I was looking at the prices the other day because it was Prime Day. And so all these places had sales. And you could get a 4K 65, 70-inch TV for five, 600 bucks by a decent company. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I remember my dad has a crazy old, uh, nice flat, I don't know if it's flat screen TV in our, in our family room. And it was like expensive as hell compared to like the TVs nowadays, which have way more features are way nicer, you know? So that's, that's certainly a nice, nice thing. And it's certainly, I've certainly seen uh, college rooms benefit from it. Almost everyone has like a nice smart TV in their, in their dorm. Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's so different from when I was a student. It's just, I, I did pretty well in college. I'm not so sure I would do well nowadays because there's so much to do. Have you ever skipped class to watch a show? I don't know. My family might listen to this podcast. So I don't know. <laughs> right. I have to answer pretty you take conservatively. You take but fit. I will say, like especially with uh, online learning with COVID, it was mm-hmm. hard to stay motivated. Like it's, it. it's almost impossible when you're in front of your computer all day and you don't want to be. Right. It's pretty hard to stay motivated. So you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's a good answer. Um, before we get to the main part of the show, I will tell you that when I was in college, uh, there were times where I was a little homesick, especially towards the beginning. And if an opportunity came up where I could come back home to New Jersey, I would take it and I would have no problem skipping five, six, seven classes in a couple of days just to get home. Like I remember, for example, when the Yankees so I started college in 98 and the Yankees were great then, obviously and playoffs every year and we would get playoff tickets and I would leave college for a weekend and just take the train home to go to a game and not even think twice about missing class. Um, probably not the most advisable thing from an academic perspective, but worked out fine. I'm, I'm jealous of you. They're very strict. I mean, I, I, cause I know you went to a good school there. I guess it's just because like parents are so much more involved nowadays than maybe they were back then where like it, there's kind of an expectation to really hold the kids to hold the kids feet to the fire. Right. Like we could only have two unexcused absences per class, I think. Wow. And then after that, you have to have like a doctor's note or like an excuse from the Dean. You have to like submit a whole form. It's like, it's such a pain in the butt. Oh, so that's interesting. Much- they did not have that when I was there. I mean, I would make a point every time I, if I knew I was going to miss a couple of classes, I had friends in the classes and I would say, Hey, listen, uh, can you do me a favor? Just give me the notes from that class. And if they miss class, I do the same for them. So it all, kind of worked out fine in the end, but yeah, they did not have maybe in some of the smaller, you know, TA type classes, they would take attendance. I honestly don't remember, but I can't think of a class. Well, I mean, now with zoom, it's like, did you sign into the zoom, but, but in person, it's very strict. Like you got to go to the class and it's not, it's not fun. No Mm -hmm. no more fun in college. That's the time. It should be fun too. They're making you work. Agreed. Shame on them. Shame. Well, anyhow, Jack, let's, uh, let's begin tonight's uh, discussion. We got some real fun things to talk about. And uh, shall we begin with Loki? Absolutely. Uh, before we begin, let me just say that Jack and I have both seen the first two episodes. We have not seen the third one. Uh, and I think it's fair to say we're going to have spoilers here. I don't. Yeah. And so if, if you haven't seen it yet, fast forward, turn off your podcast player 
and uh, go to class and come back soon. Yeah. Um, Jack, you know, when we, I was thinking about what we would say about Loki, I was kind of torn because it is a very confusing show. And I did some research on the internet to see what people were saying about the fact it's confusing. There's tons of stuff about it. There are full length articles written about how confusing it is. People trying to understand it. Tweets are featured in these articles about people saying they can't understand it. Mm -hmm. So I guess my first question to you is a very simple one. Do you understand what's going on in Loki? I think I understand it as much as the Marvel uh, geniuses want me to like Mm -hmm. Kevin Kevin Feige, I think is how you say his name. Yes. And it's not the Russo brothers anymore, but it's, you know, it's, it's the, the creative minds at Marvel. I think I understand as much as they want me to, which I will say is why I've been enjoying it. Like they're now converting from the Marvel era that we knew, you know, infinity war era, and they're launching a whole new 20 year project. And so mm-hmm. I think they're throwing everything at us and they're kind of like letting us be confused because they want to just open all these new doors that they can go down. Right. So, so I think that's why it's like we even saw it with WandaVision, we were confused with this, you know, with Loki, we're confused. I think um, it's obviously it's on purpose, but I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing because it's rather we rather be asking these questions like, wow, what are they doing here? What are they doing here? Versus like, I, I'm not I don't even care. Like, I don't, I'm not even interested to watch this. How do you think Loki fits into the larger Marvel uh, storyline, the, the, the timeline? In other words, um, how? I maybe should know this and it's embarrassing that I don't know, but where does, where is the sh- TV show Loki supposed to fit in chronologically? In I, I could be wrong. Line? I could be wrong to study it exactly. Mm-hmm. And maybe, um, but from what I imagine, considering it is based on Loki getting the Tesseract um, at, or I guess in end game, yes. um, you know, when it kind of kicks over to him and then teleporting away, I'd assume it's at that time frame. Now we do hear them reference um, Avengers and, um using the infinity stones like we right. i think we can assume it's after then so i think it's after endgame i think it's after the events of endgame mm-hmm. um that's just my guess but that being said since he didn't since he did take the um the since he did teleport during endgame i don't know if you know we're assuming anything's going on at the same time but i'm assuming it's afterwards in the first episode i guess it was there's that scene where he's talking to the worker in the uh what is it the time variance authority is a tva and the worker Correct. says, you know, like, oh, uh, Loki says, oh, are those infinity stones? And the worker says, yeah, we use them as paperweights or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, even a line like that, I was trying to, I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, how does this fit in? Where, where does this go? Yeah. You know, wh- where are we at? Um, I think that's, that's so cool in the sense that it's like what all Marvel fans thought was like godlike, you know, the infinity stones. Right. And they're now just like, oh, they're just paperweights. Now, the only thing that didn't make sense to me is if, as if the, if the time variance authority is like so protective over time, those mm-hmm. stones together can like do a lot to affect time. Um, like we saw in uh, the Doctor Strange movie where they had a whole explanation about keeping all the infinity stones in a set timeline to make sure like there's a balance in, in a set multiverse to make sure there's a balance. So like, yeah. I don't see why you would just treat them as paperweights because wouldn't they individually in their own, um, you know, universe be important but i guess i guess not but that just goes to show you like they're really like oh yeah everything you thought about marvel everything you thought you knew over the past 20 years like throw it out the window because we have right. we're introducing whole new stuff here we're introducing new stuff uh but yet certain i, I agree with that 100 percent, and i have forgotten about that dr strange plot line so it's good point um the character of loki still i don't know if you when you were watching the other marvel films and the thor films but 
you always think maybe in the back of your head, maybe he's not as bad as they make it seem. And, uh, but then he always, he, he, he is as bad as they make it seem. So even in uh, Loki, for example, you think, okay, maybe he's working with Owen Wilson in the TVA. Maybe he's legit now and he is scared of them. And he, he saw what happened when that guy got obliterated. He doesn't want that to happen to, to him. But yet at the end of episode two, at least they were, when they were in the uh, superstore, when they went back in time, they told him not to go through that uh, portal and he did. So yeah. he, can't, he can't be trusted even still. Yeah, I think obviously Loki's a, a beloved character amongst Mar- amongst Marvel fans. Um, so I think everyone when he, when he did die in Infinity War, everyone was kind of like, uh, like this, this. It seems like he's going to come back. The thing right. to remember though is he is um, like Avengers one um, Loki at the moment. So he is like his plot, his character development is like right back to the beginning. So it's like he hasn't done he hasn't done, he hasn't done Ragnarok like that movie. He didn't have any of those experiences with Thor like. He didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basic. It's basic Loki. It's so like right. any good Loki, I think, that we might see is going to take a while to get to down the line Fair because point. pretty much everything we saw is the slate is wiped clean. Now, there was like that flashback where, or where he got to see all of his memories. Um, right. And so that like kind of affected him. You saw like, oh, maybe he's realizing some things, but it's back to um, Avengers uh, Loki. So he's got he's got a long way to go. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, that's a very good point, Jack. When you were watching episode one, I'm going to throw, this is kind of random, but I thought of this. Did you think of Epcot when you were watching episode one, because of the way the TVA had their presentation, it was very kind of Disney worldish to me, at least. Yeah. The theming was very like, um, I felt like I was on, uh, the people mover or something. Right. Exactly. Like you were watching the way futuristic stuff would be depicted. If you were back in the fifties or sixties, you were looking at projections of a future thing Tomorrowland. tomorrow exactly exactly um something i like about loki having nothing to do with the plot and all the marvel shows is the credit sequences at the end of each episode they're so good and they mm. uh, they're not just names on a screen but they have this cool imagery related to the episode that just finished and i love that um now so so now we, we have loki and we're in the middle of it we had wandavision we had Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus. Other than Loki, now there's no other Marvel shows. I don't think, right? There's no other. Not at the moment. So, which one is your favorite so far? I mean, I know we're only two episodes or three into Loki. We haven't seen the newest one, but where does Loki fit for you in terms of the other two? So, I'd I'd certainly say that um, WandaVision was my favorite. Okay. This might offend a lot of people, but I didn't watch. Uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. I told Scott this. I just, for some reason, was not drawn to that show in the slightest. I just thought, mm. like, the, I like both those actors, but they just seemed like background characters to me. And I could be wrong, but the plot didn't even seem that relevant to, like, the larger MCU plot. Like, when I look at Loki and they're introducing the TVA, like, that is so relevant to the new the new um, trajectory for what Marvel's going to be. But right. when I saw the other show, and I could be wrong because I didn't see it, but just my, from my impression was like, I don't really need to watch this show. Like, this won't be that important in the grand scheme of Marvel, but I'd still say only two episodes in that WandaVision for everything they did, the theming of the episodes, mm-hmm. the, the, the storyline, the, everything. It, it was one of my favorite shows I've seen in a while. So definitely WandaVision. I agree with you. WandaVision was great because of those themes, the fifties episode, the sixties, seventies, and so forth combined with modern day Marvel, the way that they worked them all together was, was great. Um, and it packed an emotional punch that has really yet to exist in Loki. I know there are these emotional scenes yeah. when he sees his life, but it's not not the same. 
Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I actually liked it, um, but it wasn't to me anything groundbreaking in terms. Well, let me say this. Spoiler alert. There are plot developments in Falcon and Winter Soldier with the Anthony Mackie character and his emergence as the new Captain America, which is groundbreaking because he's an African-American playing the role. But in terms of Marvel, you know, WandaVision from a uh, TV show perspective was really cool. We have not seen anything like that. And we haven't seen anything to a certain degree like Loki. You know, it's. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Everything about like I could rant about WandaVision for hours, but everything about WandaVision was was amazing. Like not only the way they filmed it, the the cinematography, the stories, the characters, like you said, the emotional punch, which I don't think people really expected. Like people were semi attached to uh, Wanda and Vision, but then in this right. show to feel like so attached to them all of a sudden. But then also like that show has a lot of significance for the Marvel plotline in the sense that Wanda is going to have a huge role going forward that she's right. like so powerful. Like that last scene you see in WandaVision where she's like reading that book. I'm, I'm going to forget the specifics of it and like learning so much about her powers. Like that's going to be important. That's like, she's going to be a huge character Yes. versus like when it comes to winter soldier um, and the new captain America, like you could have just told me, Oh, end of the show Falcon's going to be the new captain America. Like that's, that's all I really needed to hear. I don't really right. need to watch the show. That's just my two cents. And I'm sure it was a great show. So, but Loki, on the other hand, like them introducing the time variance authority, like that's going to be, that's going to be the future of Marvel. Like that's going to be like when we heard about the first infinity stone. And when we first saw Thanos in his like purple, poor looking CGI self back in like the first kind of Avengers movies, like that's why I think Loki's going to be so cool. I agree with you on that. And I will say, you know, when WandaVision was out, I, I have not read many of the uh, Wanda comics, the Scarlet Witch comics. I, I did some research as to where she ranks as a character in the Marvel universe. She's one of the most powerful superheroes in the Marvel universe. Yeah. So it, just look at some of the stuff that happened in WandaVision. The powers she displayed in those episodes are far yeah. beyond what other Marvel superheroes are able to do. Um, she, uh, and, and so when you say Jack, that she's going to play a major role, it's very evident, very evident. Mm-hmm. She, uh, I mean, that's power we haven't seen the likes of in most Marvel films and other, and other TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one more other thing to note is okay. that Vision's, Vision's back because right. there was that one part where the Vision clone flies away. So like, you right. know there's going to be development there as well. Absolutely true. Um, I love uh, one other thing I'll say about Loki, which I think makes me look forward to it every week, is Owen Wilson. I mean, he uh, yeah. he is playing a serious role but he has that comedic touch still. Yeah. And uh, he does have funny lines in the show. There's some moments where I laugh out loud at what happens on screen. Yeah. The the only thing that would make it better is if Vince Vaughn was his sidekick in the show. Yes. <laughs> but other than that, he's he's fantastic as always. Um, anything else you want to say about Loki? I don't have much else to say. I mean, we're very early into it. So I think maybe we'll revisit this when the season is over. But uh, anything else to add right now? Just that I'm really excited for it. And I mm-hmm. think that um, them introducing the Time Variance Authority and everything that goes along with that is genius by Marvel. I saw I saw someone else say this, but it's basically uh, like the Marvel creators put themselves into the show in the sense that they're the Time Variance Authority. Like they've always decided like how things work in the Marvel universe, like what timeline work goes where, who's allowed to die, who's allowed to do this. And now they're actually in the show. They're right. their own characters in the show. So like they're, it's really cool. I think in a way it makes it easy for like audiences to understand 
and continue on with this great story. Yes. So I'm very excited for it. Well, Jack, we'll have to pay attention, see what happens with uh, with Loki. But it's another example of Disney Plus hitting it out of the park, whether it be The Mandalorian, uh, WandaVision, all these shows. Their success is tremendous. It's, I, I love it so much. Yeah, it really is. Um, so that's Loki. Very good. For our listeners, before we continue with the episode, let me just say, if you have any thoughts on it, feel free to tweet us and write to us, stuffylovepodcast.gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think of Loki. And uh, the next thing I wanted to talk to you, Jack, tonight is this. So we are recording this episode. What's the date today? June? June 23rd. June 23rd, 2021. Summer is just beginning. And you and I will be there for a couple of days at the same time, but we will be yeah. in Walt Disney World for the first time now in over a year, which is a long yeah. time for us. And uh, I wanted to know what your thoughts are as we get ready to return. Certainly excited. Certainly excited to be back for our listeners. Like Scott and I both go to those parks probably way too much. And so this, like he said, this is the first time in probably close to two years that that I've been in the parks. My family usually goes almost annually. Yeah. So it's it's exciting to be back. It's certainly going to be nostalgic to kind of be back there in a while. So I'm excited to see a lot of new attractions and the such that has changed. Right. But um, it's welcome in the sense that like from where we started, because I remember when COVID first hit, Scott and I were discussing the podcast, like, oh, when do you think our trip will, do you think our trip will still be going on? This was like May of two summers ago or something yeah. crazy now. But now it's like, we're allowed to go back. You don't have to wear a mask outside. And it's just, it's very welcomed, um, very welcome news. And it's a nice sign. Are you nervous about the fact that at least as of this recording, FastPass Plus is not there? And um, what that means for, the possibility you may not get on every attraction you want to get on. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think like when they originally changed the fast pass system, this was back when I was like probably 10 or younger. I remember we, you know, originally used to you had to used to run in to like get the fa the physical fast pass tickets at the rides. Yeah. But then when they introduced fast pass plus, it was great in the sense you could kind of plan your day and you could kind of get on the attractions you wanted to like maybe wait for one ride, but still, you know, plan your day well. And now it's going to be a little bit more chaotic. And I've heard from people who have gone to the parks that they've had some tough experiences with the wait times. Right. So, and they're increasing the capacity like pretty constantly now. Like it's been up from 20% to 30% to 40%. So as they continue to increase capacity, you got to wonder if they're not reintroducing the Fast Pass Plus, what that's going to mean for the in-park experience. Right. I mean, to me, it creates a situation where let's say you're in Disney World for a certain number of days and you know you're going to Hollywood Studios one of the days. Well, you're going to hopefully try to get on Rise of the Resistance, but that's tough to do. That's not guaranteed. So then it's like, okay, there's no Fast Pass Plus. What's your priority? Is it Tower of Terror, Slinky Dog, Millennium Falcon, Mickey's Runaway Railway? You know, there's so many different things to do and they're all these major e-ticket type attractions. So if the park capacity is up, and you happen to be there on a particularly busy day, you're just not able to do everything uh, that you intend to do unless you're able to spend the whole day there and you just luck out. But for many people, that's not feasible. And uh, they don't necessarily want to spend the entire days in the parks. You go and you maybe want to be there in the morning, in the evening and do swimming in the afternoon or something like that. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. There was a news article I saw just tonight before we started recording if you were if you recall in tomorrowland at the magic kingdom there are these match uh, these fast pass plus kiosks that they had out where you could go and make fast pass plus reservations those were covered like there was a tarp over them the tarp has been removed 
and one of the kiosks was actually turned on. So there is some speculation on Diz Twitter, for example, that that's a sign that Disney's planning on bringing back FastPass Plus. And you and I, we still have a few weeks until we're there. So um, I've heard they're hiring cast members again in, and increasing capacity. So I'm hoping cautiously that there may be FastPass Plus because I, I really would like to have it just to be guaranteed, hopefully, a couple of the big attractions. Yeah, and if there's anything we've learned with these very interesting times is that everything can change like in a day right within a day they'll announce something and then there's completely new expectations so right we have plenty of time before our trip about a month so hopefully before then they'll make some new announcements is there anything you're looking to have on your upcoming trip or do food or an activity that you're most excited for yeah i think it's just going to be checking off a lot of the boxes that i used to be able to check off when i'd go so like have a funnel cake either on the boardwalk or in Epcot in America, or like go to the, some of the restaurants that I love or like be on some of the same attractions, yeah. just um, classic things. But now also in the same time, I'm older than I was when I usually could go and my brother's older. So like we can have some fun in different ways that we weren't able to have in the past. So I'm excited for that too. Does that involve world showcase? <laughs> There's some speculation that it involves world showcase and uh, I'm, yes. So speaking of that, you and I will be there during the uh, food and wine festival. That's normally not the case when we've been there in the summer. So uh, I was there last, I guess, October 2019 during food and wine. There's good food. There's good drink all at Epcot. So uh, I'm very excited to have some of that stuff in the summer. Yes, me too. We usually go during the um, flower festival at Epcot, just the time in at least when my family usually went. But I'm excited to uh, try those things as well. It's going to be great. I'm just eager to get back there. I've often thought about what my reaction is going to be when I walk into the parks for the first time, you know, walk into Epcot, walk into Hollywood Studios and all that. Uh, It'll be great. I think it'll just be happiness to be doing anything, quite frankly, after the past year and a half and uh, to be on the road again. It'll be nice. Yeah, I think just for what it symbolizes for a lot of people, just like the ability to go out and do things that they like again. Yes. And not have things constrained. So I think it'll be really nice for that reason. I'm really going to try when we're down there to get some footage uh, for the YouTube channel of our hotel. We're at the Riviera and um, I'm at a couple of different hotels on the trip. I'm, so I'm going to try to get some footage and put it up on the channel. So if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. I think you'll like yeah, this. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be great to be there. And uh, I think regardless of the crowds, it, I think what I've learned is you need to keep your expectations in check. You can't go there expecting to do everything. Like I was talking to a friend of mine who's planning on going the week between Christmas and New Year's this year, the busiest week of the year. And he said to me, do you think I'm going to be able to get on Rise of the Resistance? And I didn't want to tell him, no, you're not going to get on because I don't know, maybe he will. But it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's unlikely. And so if you go in expecting that to happen, you're you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I think think just going there and like being happy, like you said, to be at the parks that they're open again is like... The, the first check for me. And then I'll just take what I can after that. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, and we'll report back to our listeners on our trip experiences. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. A nice couple trip report, a joint trip report, joint trip report. Absolutely. Um, so Jack, uh, next topic I wanted to talk about were a couple of non Disney things, non Marvel things. Uh, but I wanted to tell you a little bit, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but back during the holidays, Joe, uh, person who's often a host on the show as well we have a rotating panel of hosts that that make occasional appearances on the podcast 
he got me as a gift for the holidays, a gift certificate for Xbox Game Pass, three months worth. And I was not familiar with Game Pass other than the fact that I'd heard of it and I signed up for it. And what it is basically uh, is, I've heard it be referred to as the Netflix of Xbox. I don't know if it's exactly like the, that, but you pay a certain amount per month. I think it's like $15.99 and you have access every single month to tons of games on Xbox, all included in that. And that also features some major releases. We're talking about MLB The Show on Xbox, which, which was available for the first time this year. That's normally a PlayStation franchise. They're coming out in a few weeks with Microsoft Flight Simulator for the Xbox. That's included in Game Pass. All these other EA games like Madden, FIFA, NHL, um, Doom, the Doom series, Wolfenstein, um, Halo, and, and many others. I mean, I could go on and on. And you just download the games to the Xbox and you play it. And it's pretty amazing because normally, you look, you want to buy. I was going to buy MLB the show. Well, that would cost me at least 60 bucks to buy. And here I am paying $15.99 a month and could download it, include it in there. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, do you know anyone that has Game Pass? I don't think you have it, Jack, right? No, I don't have it just because I've typically only played like a couple games. And like if I do get a new game, it's once in a blue moon. Right. But I've heard about Game Pass and I've heard friends pe friends and other people saying that they really enjoy it for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned. Yeah, it's fun. It's easy access to the games. From what I understand, their membership went up during the pandemic, which is not a surprise with everybody being home. And uh, the only drawback is it takes a few minutes to download the games to the system. It's like you buy it online, it needs to download to the Xbox, and you only have a set amount of memory that comes with the system. So you would probably need to buy an external hard drive if you were going to download a ton of games. But it's really very cool, and uh, I intend on keeping it. Like I said, Joe got it for me for the holidays this year, and I've been using it ever since. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. And it kind of is similar in a way to Apple Arcade. So Apple Arcade is something that I recently got as well. It was given to me for free by Verizon because of my cell phone plan. It was a nice perk they gave for certain uh, subscribers. And Apple Arcade is, if you were paying for it, it's five bucks a month, I think. And again, it's a full slate of games that is available to you if you're an Apple user. You could download the games to your devices. This applies to iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, and so forth. And uh, there's sports games, not as many big franchises as you'll find on Game Pass, although there's some notable franchises like uh, the mobile equivalent of NBA 2K21, I guess, was on there. And um, it's very cool. I don't use it as much as I thought I would, but it's it's nice to be able to download those games, have easy access to them, and constantly have access to new games Well, that's as well that's available exclusively on Apple Arcade. So do you know anyone that has that, Jack? I don't, but I know MLB The Show amongst my friends is like extremely pop popular. Yeah. Like kids are obsessed with the game. Yes. Graphics are great. Um, it's fun. You know, for me, as someone who's always loved sports gaming, the hardest thing about baseball gaming is that if you did want to want to play a full season, well, that's 162 games. So it's very hard, especially if you actually watch a major league baseball team and you try to see their games for them to play video games on top of that for a 162 game season. It's very difficult to find the time to do it. But I would, this is another question for you, Jack, that actually nowadays with your friends, the younger generation, do most people not even do full seasons? Do they mostly just play online battles? Uh, do you mean like connected franchise and such? Uh, no, like um, if you and I were to sign on, if we were both at our homes and we mm. log on to Xbox, like we used to do with NHL all the time, you and I would yeah. play each other. Yeah. Is it mostly like that or do people do seasons? 
I think people do seasons. Like mm-hmm. I, I know um, even myself, like for Madden, for example, I always, I always play Madden. It's a game I've always played. Like right. I'll do franchises, which is like, you know, season long uh, games. You can play them online. You can play them offline and I'll do them for months on end. So people, certainly like online head-to-head though like quick games are very popular as well there's also with as gaming has grown in popularity there's like pretty serious competitive gaming and pretty much any game you can think of that's huge now so developers are always thinking of like how to tune to that audience as well when they're manufacturing new games not just like the casual audience but like the more serious and competitive audience um jack speaking of madden by the way what do you think of the new uh, cover stars that were announced that was mahomes and brady on a joint cover i mean so like people don't like it and it's for obvious reasons and i don't like it either it's like they could not have slapped a more generic photo of tom brady and pat mahomes on the cover and also they keep trying to like push this narrative that it's like two goats like two greatest of all times like pat mahomes has been in the league for three years and i'm not saying he's not a great player but like tom brady is the goat like you don't it doesn't even make any sense to say, and I'm not a Pats fan or a Bucks fan by for any matter, but like, it's just such a lame picture. Like at least make a cool edit or yeah. something of the photo and put it on, but it just seems so basic. And also Mahomes was the cover the year before. So right. it's like, are, and the complaint with Madden is always that you're just buying, you're paying for a $60 roster update. That's what like everyone always jokes. So when you put the same cover guy on the front, like at least make a new design or something like, right. I don't get how lazy you can be. And it also seems like, they're making a lot of changes. Like from what I saw, they are making a lot of gameplay changes and like, they're trying to, they're playing with a lot of the character speed. So that like, they don't look, it doesn't look like it's like a, a sloth running up on the screen, but that it's like a lot more accurate and realistic. Mm-hmm. And instead they put these, the same picture on the, or not the same picture, but a really generic picture on the cover. And now everyone hates the game already. I'm like, EA, right. why are you shooting yourself in the foot? It's everything you said, Jack is hundred percent accurate. Uh, I don't know if I'm as passionate about it as you are, because <laughs> clearly this was a, this is something that's been on your mind, uh, but uh, I agree with you hundred percent. It's a very generic cover. There's nothing exciting about it. Even, you know, part of the fun of a Madden cover is that the name would often be a big name on the cover, but it would be someone who's kind of new to the stardom world, the world of NFL stardom, someone who is just breaking in. Well, that's obviously yes. not Brady and Mahomes. Well, he's already played in two Super Bowls. So yes, uh, I would have liked to see, uh, let me, uh, here, here's the way a Madden cover could potentially go. Let's say Zach Wilson has a great year with the Jets and the Jets perform better than expected. In his second year, he could be in a Madden cover star. Yes, exactly. Like I think what a lot of people were expecting and wouldn't have been like unhappy with was Derrick Henry as a cover star because Perfect like choice. he's been a great player, right. but he just he just broke into a, a completely new mold last season. Like I think he broke the the single season rushing record if I'm not incorrect. Mm. And so like someone like that should be on the cover of Madden. Right. It's just like fresh and it's unique. It's like people already criticize like the, the ESPNs and the sports centers for just kind of like covering Mahomes 24 seven and like, Oh my gosh, he's the reincarnation of Jesus Christ on, in our, in our football game. And yet instead they, they pick him again for the cover artist. Now also, public notice i don't like patrick mahomes which like is also influencing <laughs> my decision i just don't like i don't like him as a player but um yeah it, people aren't happy with it for obvious reasons you know what would have been a good cover idea even though this goes against what madden has traditionally done alex smith from the redskins with what happened to him that was an amazing storyline exactly it's like that put, a, been a make, put a story on the cover like right. w- what is the story you're pushing here like oh mahomes and brady two goats like right so cheesy like and then also i don't even know if you saw the trailer 
but the trailer like was featuring a lot of like TikTok music yeah. and like people who play Madden are not like people who are on TikTok. I just don't get how they who, who they think their audience is. Right. It's just like it's it's just like who are you making this game for? And it, it just kind of seems a little lazy. Jack, do you have TikTok? Do you subscribe to TikTok? So I didn't have TikTok for like the first year, two years. It's been out for I feel like three years or so now. Yeah. And I didn't have it just because I thought it looked stupid. And then I got it because I was just like everyone has it. I just want right. to see what the fuss is about. And then I deleted it. Like from one of my friends I know and like when I use it myself, like it's just a time vortex. It's like mostly weird content on there. Like there are some cool things or like if you're into like there's su such niche accounts. It's like, oh, there's a lawn mowing account. Like if you like lawn mowers, like they'll post they'll post <laughs> uh like really time-lapse videos of them mowing a lawn like there's there's cool things like that like if you're into certain specifics like cooking or whatever it might be but for the most part it's just a weird app and like the i have a i have a younger sister and and like her generation and her age like with their obsession with the the tiktok and the people on tiktok is right it's it's gross to me so i i since deleted the app i had it for probably like two months or something and i'm do not use it so Jack, I'm older than you. Okay. So I, I, I turned 40 <laughs> recently. I'm going to make a comment. That's going to make me sound even much older. Okay. But this is my comment. I recently downloaded TikTok. There is some, if you're a sports fan and a Disney fan, there are legit and a music fan. I'll say there are legitimately cool accounts to follow. Like I follow the Yankees on TikTok. That's pretty cool. Um, the official Disney account. There's some cool footage, but with a lot of these young TikTokers that are huge stars, these are people with millions of followers, right? These are role models for the youth of America. And I've watched some of these videos to see what, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in pop culture and what's, you know, what's successful. And it's people lip syncing to these songs with some of the most vulgar language imaginable. And like, these are teenagers doing that. And yeah, that's what I'm teenagers out there are enjoying. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm 20. I guess I'm no longer the youth. I used to think I was the youth. It's crazy to think I'm not. But like, I'm convinced the youth of America is just screwed because like <laughs> I see the stuff that they're just. These kids are so young and they're being exposed to content. It always was like that. Like it was always getting younger and younger. They'd be exposed to more content. Like oh, there was Vine and there right. was Instagram. But it's just like there's just no limits. I feel like on TikTok, and, no limits at all. And I guess I'll sound like a boomer or whatever. Like people want to call it, but it's um. It's like it's either you're at the point where you just have to like, oh, like, oh, your kid can't use TikTok, but then like everyone in their class is using TikTok. Like right. it's just it's it's such a I don't want to be offensive. So I'll just say it's I think it's a gross app, but um I, I don't like it. And like I feel bad for younger generations that they have to grow up with TikTok instead of like I don't know. I guess it was bad when I had to grow up with Instagram, but I feel like it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Instagram is a lot better than TikTok in the sense that Instagram you can post normal photos and, and make normal comments, but Twitter, but excuse me, TikTok, it seems what makes you popular is if you post these videos where you're lip syncing to not very good songs with these crazy dance moves and using language that if it was a movie, it gets you an R rating. It's, it's so mm -hmm. bizarre to me. It's like, is, and yeah. I think, am I the only one that thinks of this? But clearly not, Jack. You're, you're thinking about no, it. No, you're not the only one. It's like you said, there are some cool things in the app. Like there can be great niche accounts for something you like. But for right. the most part, it is just like a cesspool of like why. So of just right. like why all over the place. And um, and there are these songs that are happened. huge on TikTok, these background noises, like a popular one. There's some, I guess it's a song where a woman sings. I was busy thinking about, and then it goes to some yeah. clip of what they're thinking about. 
And apparently a, a thing that's popular on TikTok, I mean, Jack and I are on Zoom as well. We record this. Somebody be on camera and they'll be holding something up and then they'll kind of like push the camera and then they're doing something different. Like they'll be in a different outfit or holding something different. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, like there's certainly creative things people can do with it, but for the most part, it's just like, is weird. There's a lot of just like, why do people do this? And it's just right. like for clicks. It's like, it's like everything you've ever seen about like advertising that you dislike is on TikTok. It's like people just do anything for clicks and reactions and and the effect it's having on the youth, which I can't believe I'm saying like from an outside looking in that I'm not in the youth, but the effect that it's having on the youth like cannot be positive. Jack, with all that being said, I'm thinking we should start a Stuff We Love podcast TikTok account. <laughs> We're on it um, right now. But uh, yeah, I, I forget how that even came up, but I guess maybe you mentioned TikTok and made me think of that because I wanted to me- I, I wanted to say that as well, that I have a TikTok account now. I don't, I don't have videos. I haven't posted any videos, but I follow certain accounts. Um, Isn't it just a time vortex? Don't you just get stuck in it? It's like TVA. <laughs> it's, uh, I need them to get me out of it. <laughs> That's uh, true. But it's true. Like, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, a friend of ours, Joe, actually. I was talking to Joe and he was saying that at his uh, office where he works during lunch break, a lot of the workers just sit there on TikTok and they swipe up through these videos and they swipe, keep going, swipe, keep swipe. going. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, recently, something else in terms of pop culture and music, which I find intriguing. I have both Apple Music and Spotify. I'm one of those mm-hmm. weirdos that have both. Now, uh, just like Verizon gave me Apple Arcade, they give me Apple Music as part of my package. So mm-hmm. I don't pay for it. And it's great. But I happen to love Spotify. I love the the menu look. I love the options available, the social idea. The fact that when I'm logged in, I can see what you've listened to and I get some song ideas. It's really cool. But anyhow, Apple Music introduced this thing called spatial audio. That's what it's, it's otherwise known as Dolby Atmos. That's what they're calling it. And it's included with the subscription. You don't need to pay extra for it. And the idea behind it is that if you wear certain types of headphones, AirPods, AirPods Pros, certain Beats headphones, maybe a couple of Bose, and you turn on a, something in the settings menu, there are a hand, more than a handful. It's quite a number of songs that are remastered in this spatial audio Dolby Atmos thing. And from what I understand, the idea behind it is that it's kind of like surround sound. You have noises coming from the left and right headphones. And if you turn your head, the music kind of goes with you. It's really weird. Uh, it's designed to be like you're in the recording studio with the artist or they're in your living room singing to you. And what they did when this was released was they released some albums right off the bat that were remastered in spatial audio. And then they released songs along with playlists like, okay, this is a rock playlist with songs in spatial audio. And it's very interesting. I've, I've read reviews of it. The general consensus seems to be that it's good. I myself find it good. There are some tracks that sound better than others, but for example, one of the things that was done was the Beatles Abbey Road. They went back and remastered this in spatial audio. It's okay. I don't notice a huge difference, but you take a more modern artist like um, Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, the big pop stars now, they are also remastered in spatial audio. There, I notice it more. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Harmony from that right headphone or, oh, I hear a guitar in the left one. I never heard that before. That type of thing. It's very weird. It's almost... I was going to say disorienting. I don't know if that's too strong a word, but it's different. It's kind of like when you put on noise canceling headphones and you kind of lose all sound in the background. It's like, whoa, that sounds really weird. Spatial audio is a little bit, just a little like that. And uh, it's not available on Spotify. It is available on Tidal, I think, and coming to Amazon Music. But just wanted to mention that because, Jack, I know you subscribe to Spotify, but 
Some of our listeners subscribe to Apple Music. I know that. And I'm curious if you have it and uh, have listened to Spatial Audio, what your thoughts are. So I'm just Spotify. I do not have Apple Music, so I haven't tried out um, that at all. But I will say a couple of years ago, back in high school, there were these YouTube videos that became very popular because if you put on um, like over your headphones, they um, would move the sound like through the through your head from like one earphone to the other. And you could like almost feel it going back and forth through. I don't know if it's a similar sensation what you're talking about. I think but, it could um, be. I think that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. But it's it's really interesting. And um, it was trippy to listen to. I could only listen to it for a little bit because I kind of got a headache. But that's exactly it. It's weird. It's like the, the way because at least for many things, look, like the Beatles Abbey Road was not made for spatial audio. That is remastering done in 21st century after the fact. Um, and to me, it sounds kind of weird, like, uh, like I said, disorienting, a little dizzying, but other ones that are more recent, it works. I think if an artist were to record for the sole purpose of getting their stuff on spatial audio, it could work very well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it could. Anyhow, I guess, Jack, anything else you wanted to talk about tonight? I know this is the first time you've been on the show in a while and we had just miscellaneous stuff to talk about, but I'm, you know, this is all good. It's a lot going on right now. Absolutely. I'll definitely have more to talk about after we go to the, go on the trip and uh, we'll have probably endless things to talk about, like what we think about the parks, if anything's because there's got to be so many new things and different things since we've gone. So we'll yes. have tons to talk about, like with just kind of how we feel um, about the parks. But Let me uh, ask you a question, Jack. So we're talking about going away on vacation and all that stuff. For you, what is an essential product that you take with you when you travel? Uh, like hmm. something that you need to have with you on every single trip? Well, a go-to for me, like any trip I'm on, I have to bring um, noise-canceling headphones. Right. Like, I guess, which I wouldn't use actively on the trip, but when I'm actually, like, making the trip, like, almost any flight, if I don't have over your headphones, because I'll just, I'll literally go on the flight, put on my headphones, fall asleep the entire flight, like, regardless of time. I'll just stay asleep the whole time. Right. And if I don't have those, like, I almost don't know how to fly because I'm so used to it at this point. And then even when, like, if I'm at the hotel, if I'm wherever I might be, I pretty much take these headphones with me wherever I go. And I know at school is the same thing. Always had them with me. Uh, are you one of those people that gets on a plane and sleeps through takeoff? Yeah. No, I go on the plane, immediately sit down, put on music and pass out within the first before before takeoff. I'm asleep. So are, I want to make sure I get this straight, because are you telling me that when the plane takes off and you're running, you're you're literally taking off, you're on the runway, you're going however fast it goes. Yeah. You sleep through that. Sleep through it easily. Do you even realize you're taking off? No. What about maybe, during I mean, the... maybe once in a while I'll wake up during it if it's like bumpy or something, but like only halfway and then I'll just be like, okay, go back to bed. Like we're taking off. What about uh, during descent? Like, do you know you're landing? When I'm, when I'm descending, I can always kind of tell and I start waking up. Right. Yeah. Every once in a while, if it's like, I guess a really good song or the plane's particularly not turbulent, I'll wake up and just already be landed. So you've slept through landing entirely through landing. Yes. Yes, multiple times. That's amazing. Good for you. That's a good good thing to have. Well, I couldn't do it without the headphones. That's why right. I need them so badly. Because it's it just, is loud on a plane. It's very loud on a plane. The engine. It's and very, it's also very like loud. that. Yeah, it's just like the constant fan. And like the headphones do like any kind of like noise noise canceling headphones. They do a great job of like taking that audio in and sending it into your ears, um, like contrasting sounds so that you don't right. really notice it. And then if you have music playing, like if it's a good playlist, then yeah, I'm out. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's great. And no, no noise canceling headphones are, are a great thing to have. This is the first trip I'm taking with a GoPro. I'm very excited to have the GoPro with me. 
So uh, I plan on using that in the pools and uh, just to document footage for the YouTube channel. GoPros are great. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, they're a ton of fun. You'll just find so many different ways to use them. Do you have a GoPro? I, yeah, I have one. I used it when we went, when my family went to Hawaii back in high school and like right. I recorded everything with it. Yeah. And the camera work was shoddy. Like you'll get better at it the more you use it. Right. But um, it's a lot of fun to use. You can just bring it anywhere. So it's, it's so cool. What attraction are you most looking forward to going on on this upcoming trip? Nostal- like the nostalgic side of me is saying rock and roller coaster just because that's like my favorite ride in the world. Mm-hmm. But like for what I'm most excited about, it's probably the new Rise of the Resistance ride just because right. I've heard great things about it and everyone I've spoken to said how much they love it. Right. So I'd say I'd say that one. But like for what I'm just like a ride I always love would definitely be rock and roller coaster. And um, is there any particular, I guess we, I asked you earlier, but you said funnel cake is what you're most looking forward to having is gotta be funnel cake. And then like some of the restaurants we always go to, mm-hmm. I'm excited to go back to uh via Napoli in Italy. Yes. Uh, Japan. We always go to, uh, I forget mm-hmm. the name of the, the place. Tokyo dining? The, yeah, I guess it's yeah. Tokyo dining. And then, um, yeah, I'm excited to be back on the boardwalk. And I, I hope um, that like they'll have those, I don't know if they'll still have those magic acts now. I don't know if they're bringing them back with COVID, like the kind of performers that they'd have in the boardwalk. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I think if they're going to be there, they would be there this summer by the time we're there. You know, it's uh, if they're not there yet, I would hope they'd be there in a few weeks. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great to be back. And uh, I'll be going back again in October for my Halloween festivities. So hint of normalcy returning, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jack, with that, shall we turn over to the Stuff We Love segment? Yeah. Do you want to start? Uh, sure, absolutely. So this is the part of the show where tonight Jack and I are going to give you a recommendation, which we've kind of been having tonight. You know, it's been kind of one uh, potpourri, right, of uh, recommendations for our, our listeners. But uh, I briefly mentioned this in the episode that came out last night where I was joined by Dean talking about the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary announcements. But I finished a book recently called The Disney Book by Jim Fanning. And it's a kind of like a coffee table size book, perhaps a little bit smaller. And it's about 195 pages. And what it is, is just these brief little stories and background information articles about different aspects of the Walt Disney Company. So there's a couple of things about the life of Walt Disney, a couple of things about his legendary animators. The major Disney movies, both animated and live action, get ample space in the book. So you read an article about Mary Poppins, article about Cinderella, for example, and the articles are filled with pictures of actual props from the films or animation cells. And you could read about those. It'll be a description of what you see. A lot of good theme park stuff uh, features on park, ma- uh, park posters, legendary attractions like It's a Small World, legendary Imagineers, a little bit about Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Tokyo Disneyland and all that stuff, Tokyo Disney Sea. So it's a very cool book. It kind of is the type of thing you read and you're like, yeah, this is why I love Disney because all the stuff that they do from the films to the parks to um, the artwork that has emerged from the company, the creativity behind it all. This is why I'm a Disney fan and this is why it brings me such joy. So that's my recommendation. That's the Disney book by Jim Fanning. That's a great recommendation, Scott. Mine is much less interesting it's just that i've started using the peloton and so i went to a gym and i've started using it and uh it's pretty worth the hype so i've enjoyed it and uh i don't know why i was like skeptical about it in the first place but i've only the bike not the treadmill but i've really enjoyed it so far so jack this is not a this is 
very exciting announcement, by the way, <laughs> because what, uh, over the past couple weeks, one of the times you were uh, unable to record, we were joined on the show was me, Joe, and our friend Alex, who uh, were all Peloton users. And we talked about Peloton. And uh, it's fair to say we're obsessed with it. We love the Peloton. Wow. So uh, I did not know you use it. This is unbelievable news. I used it once, but I enjoyed it. You got to use it more than once now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I just always liked running as my cardio, but I yeah. was like, the treadmills were full one day. So I was like, oh, I'll try this out. So when you say you use the bike, is that what you did? Yes. Okay. Uh, what I would say as a recommendation, this is something I started doing. If, if you have the Peloton app, they have a whole outdoor section where you could download to the phone uh, walks, runs, or walks and runs in one class. And they're great. So what I do is I go out of my neighborhood, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I just, it's an instructor guiding you. They play songs. They tell you, okay, this is the pace you should be running. Step it up, slow it down, that type of thing. And you get a great workout. I mean, 20 minutes will give, burn you about 200 calories, give or take, uh, when you're doing those outdoor exercises. So a lot of people, when they think of Peloton, they only think of the bike. And of course, that's a major component of it. But you do have treadmill stuff, you have the outdoor exercises, and you have strength classes. So tomorrow, for example, I'm not doing the bike, I'm not running or walking either, but I'm going to do about 45 minutes worth of weights. And on my phone, I load up the classes and I got free weights in the basement. And, you know, these biceps will make the rock jealous. So uh, not really, folks, not really. <laughs> so the rock would crush me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to hear that, Jack. Off the air, we'll uh, exchange our usernames and uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, talk about Peloton. That's great. Absolutely. Look at us getting in shape. <laughs> um, so with that, Jack, I guess I'll take a moment to tell the audience where they can find us on social media. So we are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. Our website is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. You can write to us, stuffwelovepodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, and uh, please subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already. And very importantly, leave us those good five-star reviews if you enjoy the show, because it makes it easier for others to find the podcast as well. And uh, we thank you for listening and tuning in. Summer's getting underway. We hope you all have a healthy, safe, wonderful summer. And uh, shoot us an email. Let us know if you're going to be in the parks later this summer. We're curious to hear what your experiences are. And uh, with that, Jack, good to see you, my man. This was awesome. Yeah, it was great to be joining you. Thanks for having me. So we'll go around the table one more time. I'm Scott. I'm Jack. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.